Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. As you'll hear in a few moments, this podcast is just done by Pastor Eric Seepin, and that's me. I just wanted to give you all a little update on what's happening, and so that's what I did, and it turned into a little podcast. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Pastor Eric Seepin, and usually across from me is Andy Littleton. We didn't do a podcast last week, and guess what? The Andy Littleton seat is empty. He was delayed, and uh, we've had some scheduling issues, and so it's made it difficult for us to podcast, and we're working on getting that to be a little bit more consistent. But I wanted to let you guys know that we're still here, and that we're still podcasting, and that you should still listen. And I wanted to thank you for those of you who have supported us. Um, and given us a little bit of money to try to help make this studio uh, work and make things happen. Uh, But mostly, Andy and I just really enjoy having an hour to talk on the mics and to offer our thoughts, and we really enjoy the fact that you guys listen. Um, I thought I'd give you a couple uh, quick updates on things that are happening here in our community And maybe just talk about life in general. I don't really have a lot on my mind, and I'm not the greatest monologuer, but I will start with this weekend being really, really cool. Uh, At least Sunday. Sunday was amazing. It was our belonging service. And... I just got a text from Andy, and he was saying he is having car problems, and that's why he's not here. Uh, Because I had asked him maybe we should reschedule our time. So you can pray for Andy and his car problems. But at the Village, we had our belonging service. Um, And so it's our two services in one. So we had to try to rearrange everything and try to fit 150 plus into our sanctuary which really doesn't fit 150. And uh, our belonging service is our yearly membership service. And there's a lot of different opportunities uh, to say you belong to this community or the village church in Tucson. Number one um, is you can come and do some kind of art project. And we've been doing this for like 20 years. And this year, uh, people painted rocks. And we're going to take those rocks once they're all done and put hashtag village rock project uh, 2022 and then you take your rock and you place it in the city and then hopefully people find the rock and they uh, take a picture of it on Instagram or Facebook with the hashtag and we can collect those so we're super excited about that but it's just a way of you saying hey this is my family And, and I think the important part of that is that we believe that Everyone needs a nurturing community, a community where they're seen, where they're known, where they, they're secure, where they, they, they're safe um, in order to explore things, figure things out. Um, and, and so you don't even have to follow Jesus to belong to the village. Um, but the second part is to um, 
is to belong through the covenant. And through the covenant you sign, you say, look, I submit myself to the leaders. I want them to guide, teach, direct the mission. And I will put my time, energy, and gifts into the mission of the village. And so I am a priest here in this community. Um, as a follower of Jesus, this community is where I practice being a priest out of First Peter 2, um, we're a royal priesthood. And part of what we're called to do as royal priests, Peter tells us, and even Paul emphasizes this, is that we're to declare the glory of the one who brought us out of the darkness and into the light. And I think this is really important to think about um, when, when you're at church, because you're a priest. It's not the pastors, not the elders. Yes, they're also priests, but you're a priest in the kingdom of God, and your job is to declare the glory of the one who brought you out of the darkness and into the light. And the way you do that is to tell your story of salvation, to tell how God, through the Holy Spirit, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, is drawing you closer into the likeness of Jesus, how you've been brought out of the darkness and into the light, who Jesus is to you, who, what your story is, what your struggles are, listening to other people's stories, sh speaking the truth of Jesus, showing people where Jesus is showing up in their story, giving people the opportunity to wrestle without answering all their questions and letting them figure things out. This is what a priest does. This is one of the things we're called to do. And so a big, the simple part of it, I guess you could say, is that we're called to tell our story in, in context to Jesus, and we're called to listen to other people's stories in context to Jesus, and we're supposed to help one another stand firmly in the gospel together. So that is what you're doing when you sign the covenant, and the covenant Yes, you have to say that you're a follower of Jesus. Yes, you have to say that you belong. You believe the Apostles' Creed. You have to grab hold of our very simple doctrinal statement, which comes out of the Apostles' Creed. But really, if you say you belong to the village, you're saying, hey, I'm committing myself to holiness and the practice of holiness and the practice of the gospel here at the village. Um, and this will be my sending community uh, into my family and into the world around me. And this is the place where I can feel safe and secure and known and to, to, to deal with my issues and to be vulnerable and to learn how to deal with conflict and all that kind of stuff. So that's what you're doing when you sign a covenant. So the membership, you got to do that every year. That's not something you can commit to and not rethink it, right? Not re-up it, not reaffirm what you're doing. So we do that every year. But the other cool thing that happened this year is that we ordained a new elder because Rod Hugan, our founding pastor and elder, along with me uh, at the village, we he's retiring. Uh, he's been doing. He planted the church with me twenty uh, plus years ago. He and I have been doing ministry for twenty one or two years together now, and so we're in this whole process of honoring him and seeing him retire and. Uh, and to really uh, care for him and make and make that transition, and at the same time, we are ordaining. We ordained Michael Kuzno as a new elder pastor, but we also ordained my wife as a pastor. And one of the things we wanted to grab hold of is this idea of uh, how it might have looked in the early church, and and that is that you know in Ephesians chapter four, we're told that. Christ has given the church 
um, people with the gift of pastoring and the gift of being a teacher and the gift of being an apostle and the gift of being a prophet and the gift of being an evangelist. Um, and they're there to equip us. And the reality is, is that there are many people amongst us who are working hard to do these things. And we need to give them some of the, the authority to do that, but also we need to give them um, the recognition so that people can say, oh, this person is doing that, and the elders recognize that. So my wife um, has been working amongst the village since the very beginning, and she helped plant the church. And for all intents and purposes, she's been pastoring the church along with me and Mark and Rod and others for a very long time. But we've never really recognized that, and we've never really honored that as she's walked tirelessly. And we felt like God was calling us to do that, especially as she speaks more in our community, um, as she's moved out of the stage of raising her little kids, and now she has uh, two in college and has some different space to care for people, that we recognize that, that we give her the title pastor. So now she's Pastor Susan. And the reason we didn't give her apostle or evangelist or um, teacher is those titles missionally, so as a missionary, when she goes out into the world, don't mean as much as that when people say, well, what do you do at your church? She says, I'm a pastor. And that opens up conversations for her. And because she has evangelistic gifts, we wanted to give her that space. But also within our community, she's discipling, she's teaching, um, and we want to honor that. So we ordained her in that. And I think it's cool. I think it, it, it will be a really transformative thing for our community. Um, and I actually think it's going to be a transformative thing for the, the young women and the, the little girls of our community. But also, we installed, in this good language, we installed Michael as an elder and a pastor. So he will do many of the things that Susan does. But as an elder, he oversees, along with Mark and I now, the community and his one of his primary tasks that nobody else has in our community other than Mark and I is to hold on to the teaching of the gospel, to make sure that people are grounded in the teaching of the gospel, and to dispute and defend against false gospels, um, and to really hold on to the truth. And so that's one of the practices that he um, is going to be called to. And then also the specific uh, anointing of oil of the sick and uh, praying over them. And so that's a, the, both of those are big processes in our church. And so we, he's now a pastor and he is, um, he's working, uh, he's a full-time pastor at the village and he's being paid as a full-time pastor at the village. Now, just a, as an honest um, thing at the village, you don't get paid as a full-time pastor like everyone else does that allows us um, the, the, the opportunity to, to have the three elders with compensation. Um, and hopefully though, there's going to be some money from some outside spaces to help kind of alleviate, uh, that and paying, um, Michael, but also we'll be asking our community to step up and to help, uh, pay for Michael's uh, salary in our community because Rod, who was also paid was only be paid one third time to work in our community. 
But I'm super excited about what God's doing and what he's going to do. And this service was amazing. And one of my favorite parts of the service is once we had gone through the commissioning of Susan and the commissioning of Michael, and Michael got a Bible with Pastor Michael Kuzno on it and a, and a vial of oil, and Susan got two staffs, you know, for like a shepherd gets a, you know, a crook and a, and, a, and a cudgel, basically, to shepherd people. But once that happened, all the little children came up, laid hands on them, and we sung... Uh, Axios, which is means worthy in the Greek, and it is what the uh, Orthodox Church does when installing a deacon or a bishop, and and it means worthy or acceptable, and it's just beautiful and powerful when the community sings that and accepts them and proclaims that they are worthy of the position that they have been called to. Very, very beautiful um, and powerful, and I felt the presence of God in, in some really powerful ways. And I'm so um, excited about what he's going to do. So the weekend was both tiring and cool. We had a service at 2 p.m. And uh, I don't think I went home until 8 or 9 because we had barbecue afterwards. And people hung around and, and hung around. And you know, there's a bunch of new people because we have two services. And a lot of times people don't even know each other. So people were getting to know each other. And um, people were looking at the rocks. People were painting rocks, um, signing covenants. It's, it's very exciting. And I'm very excited about what God's going to do. Maybe I've used the word way too much excited, but I am. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, what he will do in that. So that's a little bit of what's happening at the village. Another thing that's kind of exciting at the village is that we're going to do, and I don't know why we're thinking this, but we're going to do eight weeks in Romans. Most uh, communities spend uh, years in Romans. We're going to spend eight weeks. So we're just touching down on the basics, and we're using Romans to kind of guide us on the basics of the faith. So excited about that. Eight weeks in Romans is going to be a really cool uh, time. Um, and Michael Kuzno, who is our new elder, will be kicking that uh, series off. And then uh, Mark Crawford will speak, and then Sue and I will speak, and then I'll speak on the most the rest of, of Romans, the rest of that. So very excited about the fall. Very excited about everything God is doing. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I wanted to give you guys all an update on the village. I know that some of you are like, ah, oh, why do we want to know about the village? Um, because you don't go to the village, but I also wanted to just tell you a little bit, um, about what's happening at faith over breakfast because we haven't had a podcast, uh, that in recent time. And, Honestly, uh, I there are things that we keep putting off to deal with and to wrestle with, and I hope next podcast that we will talk about some of the issues and questions that you have brought forward. Um, but I will confess, this is not a podcast in which I have a lot of time to sit down and really think through what we're going to say. It, it started as a conversation a long, long time ago between Andy and I that we then turned into a podcast when we were doing a radio show with very little prep time. And so we loved it so much, and we got a lot of good feedback when we were doing it on the air, so we thought we'd do it as a podcast. So all that said, thank you for listening to Healing the City. Oh, this is not Healing the City, guys. I'm sorry. I do a lot of different podcasts. Thank you for listening to Faith Over Breakfast, and I am really happy that you listen. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us 
on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.